in a mess. Uh, everything around us is messy. But even in the middle of all of this thing that we call life, there can be hope. Do you understand that you can have hope? Maybe if you don't have it yet, do you understand it is available to you? Do you understand that understanding is available to us, that we can understand even though we're living in a mess, we can still understand what's happening, what this is all about, what life is, who we are. We can understand that if we're paying attention. If our ears are open, our hearts are open, our minds are open to hearing God. And so I want to show you a quick, I like to paint a big picture. So I'm going to paint a big picture of the Bible. I'm going to talk about the Bible, the entire Bible in like two minutes here, all right? So I want to show you a timeline of the Bible. Can I do that? So here is a neat timeline, a neat, neato, that I created. The timeline of the Bible. So Genesis 1 and 2, we have the beginning, we have creation, it's all good, right? Genesis 1 and 2, first two pages of the Bible, everything's great, everything's grand, all right? But then, next thing we know, Genesis 3, no, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Scott, jumping ahead. Genesis 3, sorry. Genesis 3, we have the fall of man, sin, bad, okay? Then, let's jump ahead to Revelation 21 and 22. You see at the end, eternity, new creation, good. But sandwiched in between all that, Genesis 4 through Revelation 20, we have God's act for redemption. Just this one long story of God redeeming the people from that time in Genesis 3, what happened there. He takes it. And he makes it all new. And we jump ahead to Revelation 21 and 22, where we see for all eternity, there's a new creation. It's all good. Okay? But now, in the middle of all this, we have a messy situation. Right? Genesis 4 through Revelation 20 is messy. If you don't know what Revelation 20 is, Revelation 20, basically, death dies in Revelation 20. All right? We're not there yet. Right? We're not there. And so, in between all this, there's, there's messy situations. Genesis 4 we see a murder happen right away, all right? Murder between brothers happens. It's messy. Everything in between there, lots of mess. If you read your Bible and you know and you see the stories, there's lots of wacky and crazy stories that are really, really messy. We see all that, okay? So we are, where are we, Scott? You are here. See that little arrow right there? It's, it's close to, it's kind of close to Revelation 20. It's, it's past some of the things in, in Scripture, um, but we're not quite there to Revelation 21 and 22. It's really cool that in the Bible, there's things written down that haven't happened yet. I think that's pretty fascinating. And we get to read about it. It's written 2,000 or so years ago, and we get to look back and read it. But those events haven't happened yet. And so we are here in the middle of a messy situation. Do you understand that? <laughs> you understand we're in the mess, okay? So what is the answer to all of this mess. What is the answer to it? And it's an easy answer. It's what Pastor Jeff always calls the Sunday school answer. Jesus. Yes, Jesus is the answer to the messy situation. So speaking of messy situations, currently my wife and I are in the middle of a office renovation. All right. We have an extra bedroom in our house and we decided after, you know, seven or eight years of living in the house, that little office has accumulated lots of mess, right? Lots of papers, lots of books, lots of things. You just kind of live in it. And after a while, you just realize, you look around, you, you, it clicks. You're like, this is kind of messy. That's how it happened for me. 
day one, it happened for my wife. This is messy, but I didn't recognize it at first until she kind of like pointed it out like, do you want to do something new with this place? I'm like, oh, that's fine. I tend to just kind of live in the messy situation and be like kind of okay with it after a while until it hits me. This is messy. Like once I finally recognize the mess, I'm, it bothers me until it gets cleaned. And so I'm in the middle of this office and we, we've, we've gutted it all out. We've taken all our books. And so if you come into our house, all the books that we have and all the stuff that was in this back corner of the room, kind of like our messy room, is now in our house, okay? So you can imagine how the house functions and feels. It's a little bit messy and chaotic. And we're like, oh, it's just a first season, just for a moment, until we renovate this office and make it look really cool and nice, okay? So we have this hope that this office will be eventually cleaned and re- remodeled and renovated, but it takes some work. Right? It takes a lot of work to get there. So right now we're kind of in the middle of a, of a mess, but we have a hope for this future office, but it takes us to get there and to get working on it. So maybe you're feeling stressed out in all of this mess, kind of like how we feel at home with all the books and everything scattered. You don't realize how many books you have on a shelf until you pull them all off and put them on a table, and you're like, wow, I have a lot of books. Half of them I haven't read yet. So you might be feeling stressed about all this uh, mess that we live in. Maybe you have a, a personal mess that you're dealing with. Maybe we have this, just this corporate mess that we're all in. Uh, maybe you're feeling stressed out. But I want to take some time this morning to, to reflect and to uh, rest in the Word of God and to see that everything is going to be okay. All right, we'll get there eventually. But we have to take some time to reflect before we can move forward. All right, we have to take some time to think about what the Lord's sharing with us, what he's done in the past before we can move ahead forward. So uh, let's look at the main scripture that I have this morning is in Matthew 13. So Matthew 13 is all about Jesus speaking parables to his disciples and to crowds of people. He's speaking parables about the kingdom of heaven. There's about eight parables in Matthew 13 that he shares with his disciples and those that are around and listening. And he shares these uh, parables about himself, about his kingdom, about his mission. And so at the very end of Matthew 13, he asks his disciples this question. Have you understood all these things? Talking about all the previous parables that he just shared. So go back and read all those parables. I'll, I'll jump into them a little bit. But at the very end of this teaching on parables, he asked his disciples, have you understood these things? And they answered him, yes. All right. He said, good. Therefore, he said to them, every teacher of the law, every scribe who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom treasures new and old. So he's just taught them this uh, these beautiful parables about himself and about his kingdom. He asked them at the end, do you understand these things? Yes. And he basically says, okay, good. You understood? Now go back and read them again. Now go back and listen to those again. Go back and listen to those things that I've taught before. Go back into the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures, all right, and pull out from there treasures. Because when you look back at the uh, scriptures, all the scriptures, when you look back at the the Hebrew scriptures, you can find Jesus in almost every single page of the Bible. You reflect back and see that he's throughout all of the scriptures. And when you do that, now that these disciples have this new perspective, all right, this is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus has come to fulfill the scripture, to fulfill the law. 
And now that he's here, he's saying, hey, look, I'm here. The kingdom of heaven is here, right? But I want you to stop and go back and look at the old stuff. Find me there. Pull out these treasures in your storeroom. You have this treasure now. And when you reflect back on things, you have all this hope. You have this joy. You have this peace, recognizing that God knows what he's doing. God understands exactly what he's doing. So, a little bit about parables. I want to give a couple of thoughts. Maybe you don't understand what a parable is. And so I want to give a couple of thoughts about parables. And then after that, I want to talk about this work of going back, of reflecting. And I want to talk about this work of that, what it, what it does and how we can kind of do it. So a little bit about parables. What are they? Well, Jesus didn't teach parables to make everything crystal clear, okay? They were kind of abstract in a way, all right? But those who were paying attention, those who were asking questions, those who wanted to understand, they did. So he spoke in parables to provoke the human imagination and to invite people to see what God was doing in the world with a new perspective. Gaining a new perspective can be messy work. But Jesus steps into the mess and invites us to understand what he is doing. So a few more thoughts here. Parables are about Jesus. You can put that first one up, Scott. Parables are about Jesus and his mission of bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. This is what he's doing when he's teaching these parables. So when Jesus came in this first century, uh, it didn't seem to fit the Jewish perspective or the Jewish uh, people's ideas of who he was exactly, who he's supposed to be. So he spoke in parables to challenge this old perspective and to give them a new kingdom perspective, all right? He's speaking to those that want to be part of this kingdom, all right? We talk about repentance, and basically repentance, to to boil it down to its basic understanding of what repentance is, is to turn. It's to turn from one way of thinking, to turn from one way of, of life, and to go a different way. And so Jesus first steps into the scene and preaches this message of repentance. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. And so he's saying to them, stop thinking your old way, and now here's a new way through me that I want you to have. And so Jesus was teaching these parables to these people, but yet some didn't understand, right? Some had hard hearts. Some uh, weren't fully listening. Some weren't fully engaged. But Parables do invite everyone to understand. Parables invited everyone to understand what he was doing, all right? He, wasn't, he wanted to make sure that everybody was invited to this, this kingdom. And so he invites everybody by sharing these parables, but, but only those who listened with a mind that was willing to be changed would receive this new kingdom perspective. And then one more thought on parables his parables were a way for Jesus to do some early sifting. Uh, he did some early sifting, and he was basically asking who, who wanted to understand this and who didn't. And we see in Matthew 13, we see that there are these disciples who come to Jesus and ask him questions. They ask him about uh, the parable of the, of the wheat and the weeds here in Matthew 13. And they go to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, what was that about? What were you trying to to share with us? What were you trying to to say? And so they do go to Jesus and ask him questions. And so it it shows us in our own lives, 
when there's things that we don't quite understand, even though we're kingdom people and, and God wants to give us understanding about the life that we live in and give us understanding about the mess that we're in, we have access to Jesus to ask him questions. Hey, I don't quite understand this, Jesus. That's okay, and it's encouraged by him. He's encouraging us as disciples of the kingdom to ask him, all right? I wasn't necessarily that kid in class who uh, raised their hands if I didn't understand, but I really appreciated that kid that did ask the question, you know, because he asked the question, and, and you're, everyone in the room like acts like they knew the answer already, but we're all secretly like, thank you for raising your hand and asking the question because I didn't understand, but that guy was brave enough to, to answer, and we're all like shaking our heads when the, when the, when the uh, teacher answers it, and we're like, yeah, yeah, we knew that. Thanks, man. Right? I wasn't the kid that raised his hand, but I really appreciated that kid. And so, but as disciples, we can raise our hand to Jesus, all right? If you want to do it by yourself, that's okay, so no one else sees that you don't understand, all right? If you want to look like you're all together, okay, that's okay. But like when you're alone with the Lord and you don't understand, all right, he knows you don't understand, but he wants you to ask him. Ask and you shall receive understanding. Hey, Jesus, I don't understand fully what's going on. As you read scripture, all right, ask him before you Google, all right, ask him, Jesus, help me to understand what this is saying, all right? And then if you need to go to a commentary, a trusted commentary, and that could help as well. That's okay. So, Parables did all these things. They taught about Jesus, his mission. They uh, did some early sifting. They invited everyone to understand. So if you are one of these disciples who is desiring to know more, some of these in Matthew 13, they didn't want to know more, and they just, went, they, they just left. All right, They left. They said, uh, we, don't really, we don't really care. We're going we're gonna to leave. But if you are one of these disciples right now, and you're sitting here, and maybe your heart's longing for more, and you want to know more, more, and you want to fully understand this man, Jesus, that you're following, if you want to do that, then it's our responsibility as disciples to reflect back. It's our responsibility to go back and and pull out treasures new and old, to go back into scripture, to go back and to reflect on things. So I want to do this. I want to ask some uh, or talk about these, this work of reflecting on scripture. And basically what I'm saying is, is you spending time studying the Word of God, okay? You spending time as disciples, as these uh, ones who have this, want this new perspective. Go back and spend some time with the Lord shaping you to give you this new perspective. Because if you're just living in the middle of life and the mess and stuff, but you're not taking the time to reflect back on Scripture, then the mess is just going to get to you. You know, it's just going to overwhelm your mind overwhelm your emotions. You're going to be so focused on the mess that it's just going to get inside of you. But as we reflect back on scripture, he gives us hope. And he gives us, as owners of these storerooms, he gives us treasures. And we can walk around as Christians with treasures in our hearts to offer people who are in the mess, to offer people. We can be this light to people and give them something. Hey, even though this is a messy situation, here's some hope I learned from the person I follow named Jesus. So, a couple of thoughts on reflecting. So, this work of reflecting, it does require work. And so, reflecting, there we go, reflecting gives you clarity of what happened, right? 2020 vision, what's the saying? 2020 vision, uh, 
hindsight, there we go, thank you, I, that left my mind. Hindsight is 2020, right? When we look back, we can see with great clarity that rhymed. So the disciples took the time to ask Jesus about the parables. Like I mentioned it before, the wheat and the weeds. In Matthew 13, 36, in the same chapter, the disciples, after, it says, then he left the crowd and went into the house. And we see this picture of kind of this large group of people at Matthew 13, the very beginning, this large crowd, not just the 12, but just a larger crowd of people listening. But then later on, through the parables, there's probably people leaving because they're like, this guy is crazy. I don't understand. And so what happens when you don't understand something? You tend to, you know, give up, leave the situation, just kind of like, uh, this is too hard for me. I don't get it. I'm going to leave. Currently, my wife and I, mainly my wife, is trying to help my son in uh, learning math and homeschooling him. And so he sits there and uh, trying to learn new things, but there's moments when he, he really enjoys it, but there's moments when he doesn't quite understand it. And so in those moments, there's like a, you know, that clash. All my homeschool moms understand what that is, right? That clash. All my moms that have kids, understand, not just homeschool moms, all the moms that try to teach their kids something that they don't understand, they see that frustration in the kids, right? I mean, think about how, how we are as disciples with God our Father trying to teach us something, are you sitting there frustrated at God, and is he, he's working with you? He's got so much grace and mercy for you. Uh, he's working with us. And so the disciples went back and asked Jesus. After the crowds left, after he left the crowds, his disciples came to him. So you kind of see this narrowing, this, like I said, this sifting happening. The crowds, there's no more crowds. Now it's more an intimate 12-people 12, 12 crowd, the disciples, come to Jesus, and they ask him, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. So Jesus shared this parable, and then after verse uh, 36 there, so 37 and on, he explains the parable of the wheat and the weeds. And if you want to understand more about that, go read it, because I'm not going to read it right now. Man, I thought that's why you're up there. All right, so the disciples asked for clarity. They wanted to know more. And so they ask here, but Jesus uh, without the disciples even asking, he shares this parable at the beginning about the soils, the four soils. You know that one? The parable of the sower and the soils. And so he shares this parable. And then right after he shares it, he actually, instead of waiting for his disciples to ask, he just told them in verse, nine, uh, in verse 18, he says to them, all right, so he just shared this parable. They didn't ask, but he's like, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. He wanted to make sure that they understood the parable of the sower, the four soils. That is the parable uh, that rules them all. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings. That's the parable of, of them all. And so if you want to understand uh, more about the scriptures and about the parables, the parables of the soils is very important to understand because it tells you how to understand. It tells you what it means to be good soil, to take in the word of God, to let it be planted in your heart, and to let it grow to 30, 60, 100 fold. So go back and read the soils of the parable. So very important about that, at the end of him explaining that parable, he says, anyone who has ears, listen. We all here right now, I think, have ears, all right? And we're, we're required and to listen to what he's saying and to, to hear what he's saying so that our hearts and our minds can be changed 
So, so now, uh, an encouragement to you all. Uh, I want you to go back, maybe to Scripture, yes, but go back to some, maybe some moments in your life or some words that Jesus gave you personally, and I want you to reflect back on them. And maybe you didn't quite understand what they were at the time. Maybe it was somebody that gave you a, an, an encouraging word in your life, and you didn't quite understand it. But maybe this season that we're in, a season of reflecting back on things, maybe there's something that the Lord was trying to show you a while ago, but you just weren't ready for it yet, and that's okay. But now, as you reflect, he wants to give you clarity on some of the things that he was trying to show you a, a long time ago. And you can do that, right? In a way, uh, Jesus can go back in time, right? He can go back. He can take you. And that's what we happen when we reflect back on stories and things in our lives. He's taking us back into a certain situation, and he wants to give you clarity on what was going on. Because in the middle of a messy situation, it's really hard to understand what's happening. But then after a while, you can revisit that messy situation, even though it is hard, okay? Going back into a messy situation and thinking about it is, is hard, and it's messy itself. The art of reflecting backwards is a messy work. But with Jesus being with you the whole time, he'll take you back into that messy situation, and he'll give you clarity. And there might be some things in your life that you can actually move forward in now because of your effort and your work in Jesus and reflecting back on those old things, and there can be new treasures that he pulls out of your life. Okay? Did you understand that yet? Might need to reflect back on, on that, what I just said to fully get what, what was. <laughs> okay? Go back in your life in certain situations. Reflect. Maybe you have journals. I have journals from when I was like 16, even earlier than that. But like really when I was digging in the scriptures for myself, so youth, at the age of 15, 16, as you're digging in the scriptures, take the time to write things down because you'll probably reflect back on that and be like, wow, I was so immature. But <laughs> the Lord was with me and he helped me. I still have a recording of like the first time I preached in youth group when I was like 17 and it's fun to listen to. Like, oh. <laughs> All right. So reflecting back gives you, uh, gives you clarity. So, here we go. Reflecting on Scripture increases our worship in God. So, at the end of Romans 9, 10, and 11, Paul, after reflecting on Scripture with the new revelation of Jesus in the gospel, he takes that new understanding and revelation that he's received, and he reflects back into the storyline of Israel and sees some new things. And it just blows you away in how the Gentile people are now uh, grafted into this promise that, that Jesus came to bring the Israelite people. And there's lots to it. Uh, it can be hard to understand, Romans 9, 10, 11. But at the very end, what I just want to simply point out, at the very end of that reflecting, as Paul reflects back with, with Jesus, the light of the gospel, reflects back into the prophecies of Isaiah, he has this burst of praise at the end of Romans 11, and this is what he says. After doing this work of reflecting, he just increases his worship for God, and he just bursts out, and he says, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. 
Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. And so he's filled with this burst of excitement and praise. And when we do this, when we reflect back on Scripture with the Holy Spirit throughout the week, Monday through Saturday, we show up on a Sunday morning. What do you think this room's going to be like, right? The roof of this place is going to just probably explode because we've been so filled with fresh understanding and revelation of the Word of God that we come in here and we just start singing out and we can't help it. And you might be singing, you just might be singing, you're like, where is this coming from? Oh, it's my time in the scripture all week that's been building with excitement. And now I get to be with the people of God who have also been building with excitement. And we get to come together and worship God, right? So reflecting on scripture gives you this this burst of praise. And so I want to encourage you throughout the week to, to do that, to charge yourselves up and to come together and bring an offering of praise to him. Bring an offering. So, as you reflect on scripture, like we did last week with Steve and Marianne Lewis, they reflected back on the feast and all the feast of, of, of Israel. And I love the, the part where Steve was, was sharing about the, the uh, menorah and the seven uh, candle branches. And he was showing that the first four branches represent the, uh, these feasts that were the fulfillment, that Jesus fulfilled these things. But then you look at the next three, and he says those have not yet been fulfilled. And so what they did is they reflected back through the Hebrew scriptures with Jesus and said, look, Jesus is the fulfillment of all these things. And also as they reflected back with Jesus, they were able to look to the future hope of Jesus returning. Maranatha, right? The Lord has come. Maranatha, the Lord is coming. And so you reflect back on Scripture in order to receive a future hope. And this is what we need to do right now. This is what the Lord is requiring of his disciples to do right now. This is what the Lord is expecting his disciples of his kingdom to do. This is why we have this Scripture. It's because Jesus didn't want us to go without understanding the times that we're living in. Okay? And so he gave us this scripture so that we would be diligent in the work of reading it and studying it and being excited about it so that we can have this future hope. He was expecting that for 2,000 years later that this people in 2020 would have my word so that they could have clarity of what's happening so that they could be people of hope and not people of mess. They could be filled with hope and not hopeless. So if you're feeling hopeless then go back in scriptures and just read it and ask the Lord to fill you, to give you peace in this time, to give you clarity. All right, last two here on the reflecting, and then we're going to just close in prayer and another scripture here at the end. Reflecting on scripture gives you identity, purpose, and direction. Reflecting on scripture does this. Jesus did this. In Matthew 13, as he's sharing about the parables, Jesus, I, th- I think one of the most quoted uh, books of the Bible that Jesus quoted was the book of Psalms. I believe that's in Leviticus. He loved Leviticus too. Uh, he looked at the book of Psalms and he says this about himself in Matthew 13, uh, 34. 
Jesus spoke all these things to the crowds in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled that was spoken through the prophet, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. So Jesus had that scripture, and he saw himself in that scripture. So Jesus, as he reflects back in the book of Psalms, he sees himself in the scriptures. And he says, I'm supposed to teach in parables because that was what was written about me. And I want to be a fulfillment of that because I want to be obedient to the calling and the purpose of my life that my father has given me. And he was only able to do that by him, Jesus, reflecting back on scripture. So if Jesus reflected back on scripture to get his identity and his purpose and direction, how much more are we supposed to reflect back on scripture to get our identity, purpose, and direction? So he says, I am the fulfillment of this prophecy. I am coming to open my mouth in parables so that the things that were kept in secret from the foundation of the world, I will declare these things. And anybody who wants to know these secrets can. Any disciple that wants to come and understand these secrets of the kingdom can. You just got to come and ask me. So reflecting on scripture, very important for us to do. And then lastly, reflecting on Scripture, kind of shared all this already, but I just want to put it here. Reflecting on Scripture gives you hope. You can come on up. Reflecting on Scripture gives you hope, and this is what we need. So that passage in the end of Matthew 13, have you understood these things? The disciples answered yes. And what they were able to do is they were able to bring out things in their life, new and old, treasures to show people. And so I'm asking you, what are you storing in your storeroom? What's in your heart? Are you increasing in understanding? Are you increasing in hope? Are you increasing in joy, peace, love? Maybe like, yeah, I want to, but how? Well, I just shared about reflecting in the scriptures, soaking them in, reading them, and asking the Lord to give you this understanding. So, church, we have a responsibility as disciples to grow in understanding. The more that we grow in understanding, it benefits the world. It's not necessarily for us. It is, yes. But it's for those that are around us. I had this understanding, this revelation as, as a, a father, a brand new father to my son. And when Luke was six days old, I remember sitting there with my Bible open and he's just a six-year-old, six-day-old, did I say six-year-old? Six days old. And he's just sitting there as a six-day-old baby, unable to do anything for himself. And I'm reading the scriptures and I'm looking at him and I'm realizing that the things that I'm reading about and storing up in my heart are for him are for my son and my daughter. And as Zoe was in the hospital for her first uh, days of her life, I would read the book of Isaiah, the promises and the hope of Isaiah 40 through 66. We kind of skipped 1 through 39. We'll get to there eventually. But the promise of hope in Isaiah 40 through 66, I would read those over her because I knew that she was born into a messy situation. And I wanted to offer her hope. And she couldn't read the scriptures. She was couple days old. So I, as the father, had to read them to her. But I knew she was hearing them. She had fresh ears to hear. 
And so I would share and read those scriptures out loud to her as she's laying in the ICU, knowing that she was going to be filled with hope. And she is. She's filled with so much hope with all the messy things that she's gone through in her life. She has a, a, a new heart filled with hope and joy because of the scriptures of God and because of her faithfulness of her, her father and her mother. And so there's people that are relying on you to bring out treasures to them because you have treasures in your heart, stored up in your heart because of the reflecting you've done on scripture and the faithfulness. And I want to encourage you all. There's a lot of people in here that have a lot of treasures to show. <clears throat> and it says the disciples of the kingdom, they went into their house and they showed off their storeroom of treasures new and old. So you probably have a lot of treasures in your heart, but maybe you have a hard time showing it off. It's okay to show it off. Show off your treasures to people. You're not bragging about yourself. You're bragging about the Lord. Amen. And show them off to people. You've done the work. Good job. You've done it. Now show it off to people because there's a lot of people in the mess and, and they, they're consumed with it and they can't get out of it. But maybe you're there to offer them and ask them, hey, do you understand yet? Do you understand yet? And people are like, no, I don't understand. What's going on? Well, there's a man named Jesus who died on the cross and there was a messy situation in Genesis 3 but by the cross of Jesus and his death and resurrection, there's a whole new life, new creation waiting for us. I want to read one more scripture because this is like one of my favorite scriptures and then we'll pray, ask the Lord. Colossians 1, 25. This is work here. Paul says about the church and about the suffering of Christ, like what I just mentioned. He says, I have become a servant. I have become its servant, the church and the, the suffering of Christ. I've become its servant according to God's commission. God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches, these treasures new and old of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim. When we show off our treasures, it's about Jesus. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. And to this end, I strenuously contend. To this end, I labor. I work at it with all the energy of Christ that so powerfully works in me. Jesus, thank you. If you would just stand right now and just receive what the Lord wants to do in your heart, Maybe you've got some cobwebs in your storeroom. Maybe you haven't visited it in a while. And you're like, I'm a, I want to be this, this disciple. And I want to have the Lord use me in this way to work, to labor, and to strive to see my brothers and sisters know you, to be fully mature. 
Maybe if you're here and you just uh, want to have a fresh understanding of him, fresh revelation of, your wor- of his word, and just pray for that. You can lift out your hands. You can come to the front. You can kneel. Just say, Lord, I, I repent. Like we said earlier, I, I repent of, of my old way of thinking. I've got caught up in the, the mess and the old perspective. I repent of that, Lord. Give me a new perspective from this day on. Maybe there's some things in your life you need to revisit, but it's difficult. I want you to pray. And as you pray, I want you to, to think about those times that were hard. Something happened. And I want you to see Jesus in that situation. As you reflect, you have clarity and you see, wow, I didn't see Jesus there in the mess. But now as I reflect back, I, <laughs> there he is. There's Jesus. He was right next to me the whole time. Maybe there's been a sad situation in your life. Maybe it's been a while and now's the time to go back and reflect and with, with Jesus, with the energy of Jesus, with him, his presence, to go back and to see where he was so that you can move forward in your life with hope. Because maybe something's gotten you tripped up and you're, you're not filled with hope because there's a certain memory, a certain thing that's happened that's draining your hope. And that thing that's draining your hope that's the source of the, the, the drain. <laughs> and you need Jesus to go back and to fix that, to cover that drain so that you can be filled with hope for the future. Youth, for you, in that situation, maybe there's things that happen or currently happening in your life. Don't move on from those things until the Lord, uh, until you've been able to forgive Don't let a root of bitterness grow in you. If there's something creeping up in you, bitterness towards family or friends or whatever it may be, let those things die right now in the name of Jesus so that you can move forward with with hope. So, Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God, that you've given us this place to, to come together, to share your word, to know your word. We just ask right now that you would encourage us, Lord, in this room. Encourage us. Encourage those that are feeling down and out. I pray that you would stir some people up that have a lot of hidden treasures in their heart. You know who you are out there. You got things to offer. You're a pure child of God. You're so close to him. I encourage those that... um, to share, to have an outlet to share those treasures of of Jesus in your heart. So Lord, we thank you for this morning. Speak to us in Jesus' name.